global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are moving higher. We've got the S&P 500 index heading for its strongest gain in a month. U.K. citizens voting today in a referendum on the country's membership of the European Union. U.K. law prevents us from reporting on voting or discussion and analysis of referendum issues while polls are open, but we will be following all the action as results come in with special coverage. Right now we have got the S&P 500 index at 2108, up 23 points, a gain now of 1.1%. Dow Industrials up 189 points, up 1.1%. NASDAQ up 68, a gain of 1.4%. The 10-year down 15.30 seconds, the yield 1.73%. Gold down 6.30 the ounce to 12.63, a drop of 0.5%. And crude oil, West Texas Intermediate up 1.9%, 50 07 for a barrel of West Texas Intermediate. Uh, that is a gain of 94 cents. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. The IEX, if you go to the Investors Exchange website, the IXS, IEX, I should say, it says it's the first equity trading venue owned exclusively by a consortium of buy-side investors, including mutual funds, hedge funds, family offices. In fact, Brad Katsuyama, the IEX co-founder, says this new stock exchange will make people safer. It's now been approved as a national exchange. But our next guest says he's not sure this is such a good thing for investors. Let's ask him why. We're welcoming now Larry Tab, CEO and co-founder of the Tab Group based here in New York. Larry, thanks for taking time for taking stock. Hi, Kathleen. Thanks uh, for having me. So in your words, explain to our listeners what the IEX was and remind us why it was founded in the first place. Well, well, first of all, hats off to those guys. They they are now or will be a uh, fully fledged exchange. Good for them. Um, IEX was founded kind of on the heels of of Michael Lewis's Flash Boys book that really talked about latency arbitrage and and picking off investors and the whole idea that um, you know the markets were not so safe for investors. Uh, I won't use the R word, but because I don't believe in it, but uh, but uh, that's kind of the premise that IEX uh, was born under. And uh, one of the key foundations of their platform is a speed bump, uh, basically a very short speed bump, 350 microseconds each way, basically 700 microseconds uh, in and out, uh, to ensure that, that um, uh, high-frequency traders don't pick off uh, limit orders. And, and to a certain extent, uh, it's a good premise. It, it works well. They've gained share. Um, institutional investors tend to like them. But to a certain extent, the, the, the current market structure is, uh, has what they call order protection rules that force exchanges to route, uh, to uh, the various exchanges. And the speed bump, that IEX has, and what I'm assuming will be multiple speed bumps, if IEX is successful, I think you'll wind up seeing multiple speed bumps and variations. Just to a certain extent, the speed bump makes it more difficult for machines to find what the right price is. So if, you know, one price is delayed, uh, 
um, and everything else is in real time, you're kind of comparing apples to oranges and comparing the price of an asset the way it was 350 microseconds to what uh, what everybody else is uh, displaying today. And while 350 microseconds isn't a long time at all, machines think in much quicker time frames these days. So it becomes really you know, a bit challenging for the machines to find uh, the right quote. And that would be even more especially true uh, if multiple speed bumps uh, are developed. Larry, could you just step back for a second and explain how high-frequency trading works in connection with picking off limit orders and what are limit orders for those that are not sort of in the weeds with this? Yeah, a limit order is, is just, you know, the desire to buy a, a product at a certain price. So you see a quote in the marketplace, um, and the, the quotes that you see, I'll buy at 10 and sell at 10.01, those are basically limit orders or quotes. Um, and so uh, generally what high-frequency traders, it's hard to define high-frequency traders, but a lot of the quotes are created by market makers, which tend to use high-frequency trading infrastructure or very fast infrastructure to quote because um, when they're managing quotes, you know, they can, there there are 12 and soon to be 13 exchanges. And so um, to make sure that their quotes are, you know, precisely on target, they have to basically manage them very closely. And so uh, if they're a bit slow on updating that quote, uh, another person with very fast technology can come in and, and take out that price at possibly the wrong price that they or a price that they didn't want to really trade at. So... It's been approved. It's, it's machines but, battling machines, basically. Well, and uh, of course, we just had a guest on, just in a guest in the last couple of days. Uh, I believe it was John Manley Pym from um, Wells Fargo. From Wells Fargo, and Pym asked him about uh, high frequency trading, and he said at the end of the day, for him, is and he's a big, big money manager, the billions under management. That this is more day forty five. Billion. Or yeah, a lot of money, right? Uh, a quarter of a trillion, that is. Uh, that. Uh, at the end of the day, they manage money, they manage investments, and by at the end of the year, it probably doesn't make too much difference to their customers or their portfolios, the high-frequency trading. So who does it potentially uh, – who's, who's it bad for? The the challenge becomes – well, first of all, it it's becomes problematic for the larger investor because to a certain extent, the markets are geared towards smaller orders because of the fragmented exchange infrastructure. Uh, and the very tight quotes and, or the tight prices and, and quick quotes, um, a, once you get out of a, a certain range, it's uh, supply and, you know, the price moves. So if, if you're entering the market too strongly, uh, it'll move the price. And that generally occurs with folks that are trading in larger size. So the second issue is that um, the people who turn over their portfolio have much more to lose. So if I'm, you know, if I if I've got a, a quarter of a trillion, if I've got 250 trillion, let's just say, or 250 billion assets under management, and my turnover is once a year, um, all uh, the 250, basically, I'm only, you know, uh, my leakage to high frequency trading only occurs, you know, you know, once a year when I trade. If I'm turning over my portfolio twice a year, then it happens twice monthly 12 times, daily 250 times. So clearly the, the people who have the most to lose are the people with 
the highest amounts of turnover, and, and we're starting to see those guys invest in um, much, uh, you know, in more trading infrastructure and technology and data and, and the tools and services that, that help them. But there is a need for something like IEX for the larger investors so that they can come in and and trade in larger size. The problem is that you're holding one exchange to a very different standard than you're holding all the other exchanges. And if you wind up, you know, holding everybody at, you know, at the same level, you wind up, you know, you could wind up with 8, 10, 12 different speed bumps, in which case it's really, it becomes much more difficult for, to determine what's the right price because every, every price you're seeing is somewhat delayed. And so it won't be the large exchanges that wind up doing this. It'll be like there are 12 exchanges and soon to be 13. You might see like the bottom four or five, you know, directly create speed bumps. And maybe the bigger ones, you know, um, use some sort of order type that goes over a speed bump. So in Canada, there's a market um, called NEO that, that only certain order types go over the speed bump. It slows only certain order types down. So you might see something like that occur on some of the bigger markets. So, you know, you've got to, you know, so the, the question will be is what will the SEC allow if a number of copycats come in? You know, how complicated does it get? How do I find the best price? And clearly if, if, if the pricing mechanism becomes more difficult to determine, the, you know, the, the, you know, the smaller orders will, will get hurt the most because spreads will widen because you know, they're not really sure how tight okay. the price should be. Larry, is this a response to market volatility? Not saying that it's the correct response, but is that really what this is all no, about? No, no, it really is actually a needed response. The problem is the, is the SEC's Reg NMS tries to create a, a Tell unified... Tell people about Reg NMS. Reg NMS is, is the national market structure rules that were created in 2005, 2006. I think they implemented 2007. Um, that basically uh, created something called order protection, which basically says if you send your order to a market that doesn't have the best price, the exchange should route it to the, the market with a better price. And the problem with that is it creates a market structure that you know becomes very fast, and and there's all this order routing and you know going on behind. So so right now on peak days there are millions of messages going on. It's very hard to manage. And to a certain extent, it's all this interconnection that kind of you know, gets challenged. Thanks for connecting the dots for us. Uh, Larry Tab is the chief executive and the founder of Tab Group, giving us some details about IEX, the new stock exchange. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox. My co-host, Kathleen Hayes. This is Bloomberg Radio.